0: Can we circle Dude. back around to, your mo- to you reading your mom's um, adult fiction? <laughs> <Real quick. laughs>
1: this is why I'm a big fan of the using your imagination. <laughs> because I did not watch my porno. I read it. I had to use my brain to come up with the sexual imagery. <laughs>
0: start with a with, with a question. I feel like that's like really passe and weird for a podcast, but I'm super interested what pills you have just like chilling on your PC case dude.
1: Oh shit. Uh <laughs> yeah those okay, were the- I guess it's it's the it's the ones it's that the- I created. Yeah, it's the brain cell ones, right?
2: Yeah, the, the brain supplement, the Life brain Pure cell. Recovery, multi focus, control stress, improve focus, and master multitasking. I uh, spilled the bottle while I was streaming by accident, so I just shuffled them up and put them on top of that old computer.
1: <laughs> I see how it is. So you put the the energy drink product placement away, but you leave out the the personal icon. Uh huh. You're yeah, a sly it's the one, product Andrew. Product
2: placement corner. You caught me. You're the first person to notice it. Actually, it's been way too subtle. <laughs> so thanks for that that's great
0: you're so good at multitasking because of the pills that you were able to stream and pick them up at the same time
2: yes it's a, exactly one-handed bottle opening gone wrong dude <laughs> i was trying to be too cool with it i need
0: i need to be able to multitask more i can barely get the audio on the podcast working i don't even know like <laughs> this might work i think we're gonna be fine i'll find out later i i guess it's, it's okay but but thank you for coming and hanging out with us dude i appreciate uh, your time
2: Dude, it's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Uh longtime listener, first time caller. So
1: oh, nice. happy to be here. We're
2: the same as public. So radio. so
1: you you've received you've heard every single one of our jabs at your podcast.
2: Ooh, every single one. That's a tall order. <laughs> Plus Trent's been rubbing it in that he came on the show and I hadn't yet. And I don't like it when Trump's got or Trump <laughs> Trent's got real ammunition to one up me. I've been reading too much news, dude. I'm I'm intoxicated. I'm poisoned. Fuck! That was a terrible Freudian slip.
0: <laughs> UFOs are real. That's what I found out today. <laughs> <laughs> is that? <laughs> it's a- tough out
2: there, boys.
1: <laughs> Andrew, what is it with the like? So you have your you have your pills, and you you started Dota Radio. Yeah. You uh you put together Moon Duck. Yeah. What is it about you that you were Don't like? Forget the, the book!
0: How dare you forget the book?
1: You wrote and, your own book. Thank you. Yeah. What what other creations have you started yourself? Um,
2: that's a pretty comprehensive list. That okay. Uh, I've let's see. I've worked with a couple other startups, but mostly just like as a consultant. I think that about encompasses everything that I've been on the ground floor, tried to start the vision with. I mean, I studied entrepreneurship in undergrad, so I've been trained for this cap. This is my. My backyard here. I've always dreamt okay. of being a serial entrepreneur, but I don't have enough wins <laughs> okay. under my belt to call it serial
1: yet. So I'm just okay. That was exactly what I was going to ask you: is why are you a serial entrepreneur? Well, like, if what, I had what more money, about you?
2: yeah, I'd be happy to invest in more projects. You see, but uh, mm. I run Moon Duck, so it's a it's a real struggle. <laughs>
0: Is, is, is Moonduck a fine balance sheet, though? You, you can't reinvest all that to just take over the world? Uh,
2: not, not quite yet. Uh, we need to pay Sun's Fan back first for captain's draft. Um, it turns out saying, hey, we want a miner, Give us whatever dates are available was not a winning lottery ticket in terms of the old balance sheet. Uh, week after New Year's, tough week to monetize. Not a lot of money being spent in ad sales during the returns week. So, um, yeah, still working on that a little bit, but it's not too bad. I, I'm half joking. We did lose some money on that event, but uh, right now it's just trying to figure out how we can fit in to the Dota environment. Now that everybody is online, we don't have a, we don't have a niche anymore, and we plays just throwing money at people to play in their tournaments. I don't have $300,000 for a prize pool. Shit's getting crazy, dude.
1: Yeah. You guys were the first person, like the first people that I thought of when it was like, oh, we're going to online tournaments. And I was like, oh shit, Moondock's gonna be like super hype for that. And then here comes ESL, and they're like, yeah, we're doing our big shit. And then We play's like, ah, oh, we're doing our yeah. big shit. And then EO's like, oh, back to back to back. Let's just do our big shit right after that. Like, it's just yeah. nonstop tournaments.
2: Yeah, dude. It's it's tough. And the alternative game modes, let's call them are a little less appealing to teams than they used to be. Elimination Mode 1, OG was like, Oh, that sounds really cool. I'd love to try that. Elimination Mode 2, same sort of vibe. Once you get up to Midas Mode 2, they're like, okay, is this a real game mode or is Slack's going to play on our team? I I need a barometer of how alternative we're going here. So it takes a little more legwork to get everybody committed. But I honestly think money talks. That's like Teams really just look at it. How many games do I have to play compared to the prize pool? And... Depending on where you land in that equation, that's where you rank in the priority list. And historically, our pri- prize pools haven't been that high. We've just maxed out on the creative side.
0: How, do you, how could anyone compete with WePlay then who's seemingly just solving that problem by throwing an infinite amount of money at everything?
2: Well, I don't know. Can you guys explain to me where WePlay's money comes from? <laughs> have you, Cap, have you worked with WePlay before? <laughs> do you know the secrets? Oh, we've had this everybody. conversation.
1: Okay. I, I don't know where the money comes from. All I know is that I get my money. So that's, that's the only they, thing they I care pay. about.
2: Yeah, they've always paid me. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have any reason, but it, it just it doesn't make sense. Every other TO I talk to is complaining about hemorrhaging money and how they make up the losses in Dota and other games. And the only people making money are the really big dogs. You know, like ESL is probably doing okay. I'm sure PGL has mm-hmm. made a buck off Dota. But we Plays, the, their amount of events... Plus, the amount of prize pool total is so much more than anyone else in the space.
1: And the production value, I mean, yeah. how much, like, just the straight stages? up all the production things that they do, the stages, like, all of that has to cost so much I don't so know what money. it costs the augmented
0: reality? in Ukraine, but <laughs> if you did anything close to what they're doing in Los Angeles... Jesus fucking Christ.
2: That is an interesting point that a lot of people have brought up, that their production costs are probably lower due to like local economy and stuff. But I think all those savings are negated by the fact that the prize pools are in USD. So if you're operating in Ukrainian Mm. Krevna, but you still have to show up $300,000 in American currency, I I don't think you're really saving at the end
1: of the day. You know, it cuts both ways. It's not a one-way street. You know something, Andrew? You, uh... (laughs) Okay, so real quickly, Andrew, if you could just plug your ears or something, I actually have something to say to our audience our audience. I in can general. take my headphones
2: off. Okay, okay. all, right, all just, right,
1: just real quickly. All right, I know I promised a very big guest, and we have Andrew here. Andrew's great, <laughs> and I love Andrew. I did promise you guys a very big guest. Unfortunately, that guest had to reschedule, so he's. we're going to do that later. All right, Andrew, you're good, you're good. All right. Andrew, hey, did, did you hear me?
2: No, I heard nothing. I just saw Joey's reaction and uh we can only imagine.
0: We could have said that in post, Cap. Cap, we could have put that in later.
1: No, that. no, I thought it was funnier to say it. No. Uh Okay. The, uh, <laughs> all I was saying was that I promised them a really big guest last <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew, Uh-oh. you... Uh, because we changed guests and everything, we had a, a meeting um, with uh, Blink Entertainment. And since you guys are our sister podcast, you know, you yep. know all them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got me, just uh, tangentially, you got me into the most awkward meeting I've ever had in my life. Oh. Uh-oh. Because, because I... We're having this meeting, and we're talking about, like, oh, guests rescheduled and everything. And I was like... Oh, well, this would be a great time to cross over with our sister podcast, Trent and Ziori. We've already had Trent on. Let's get Ziori.
0: The thought process is you're, you're easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah, sorry, go on, go on, Cap.
1: The, the, the point was, is that we get, get into this, and I was like, oh, Ziori would be great because, you know, I'm sure he'll, um, he'd love to be able to talk about his book, and like, I'd love to be able to talk to him about his book, and like and then i referenced your your incident and they didn't know what that was and i made some joke about it and they had no idea and i it got into this really awkward place where by the way i was playing dota at the time while i was having this meeting because i forgot about it so i'm sitting there playing dota awkwardly trying to respond to questions so it was already awkward from the get-go then that comes up and i make some flippant remark about it and then like they they're like what what are you talking about and and i and i'm just like i was stuck i didn't know whether or not to like explain it to them or just <laughs> like oh nothing i like i don't know next like next thing you know like words are coming out of my mouth uh, like i'm not sure if these guys think that like i'm just a big bully now or like what what's going on i didn't say anything about it but i was just like oh my god i i, I literally uh Voice called Joey afterwards, and I was like, "What the fuck? What just happened?" Like <laughs> that meeting was the most awkward meeting I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I really could see how they would interpret it as some sort of weird, like cyberbullying. Like, are you? How yeah, are you yeah. This yeah. Guy? What's, <laughs> that, that is weird. That's that is an odd perspective. That in my mind, I think of everybody knows about it, but it's been so long now. Then, if you weren't paying attention to Heroes of New Earth or Dota or like that genre. You probably kind of missed it, and if you don't know who I am, it's not the kind of video you would give a shit about, you know. And it's not like I was that yeah. popular back then, so it's, it's good to know. I guess times have really changed. That's sorry though, apologies. I don't know what I would have done if I were in your shoes either. <laughs> Trying to explain that on behalf of someone else, like, well, uh, you know, how detailed do you go? Then that's a whole other set of accusations you have to deal with.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Halfway oh, this, this halfway through, of
0: my boss, like, am I supposed to explain to <laughs> what's going on?
1: <laughs> like halfway through, it was like, cause cause then they wanted to know what the book was about. And I was like, you know, like part of it was about cyberbullying. And I just made like a flippant remark at, at like about you writing a book and stuff. And like, so they were just like, at that point in time, they just thought I was a big bully. And I was just like, uh, oh, I, so then I took the serious approach of like, you know, like cyberbullying, and like he had to put up with a lot of shit. Um wow. and that, and I was always uh I was always really interested in, like, how you were able to go through that. I remember I sent you an email back when you were working Dota Radio saying just that. Because I was, like, I was really impressed by the way that you were able to bounce back from something like that. Because I'm not sure if I would have. It's 100%. Like, I might have just been like, fuck it. I'm no longer going to be on the internet. Like...
2: The, well, I kind of said that. I think the key was taking a step away, getting an IT job in the real world, and trying that grind, lying to myself for six or seven months that this is the dream, making $35,000 a year, changing printer toner will fulfill me. I'm going to get health insurance. I'll be full time. And then they offered me a full time job after my six month contracting gig. I was just like, I don't want to do this at all. I just spent all my time sitting at my desk, dreaming about esports shit and wishing, uh, about realities that could have been. So that, I went full swing, and I didn't even last a year. You know, I just felt completely consumed by it. So I quit that job and then just kind of had no plan. Just went into it. I'll, I'll find something. I'll figure something out. But I know this sucks, so I'm just not going to do it anymore. Then I went on vacation, had a couple of margaritas, and um, that was when I kind of came up with the idea for Dota Radio. And when I saw that that didn't really exist, I, uh, I went for it.
1: You know, that, um, that is something that I think once you get, like, a taste of the esports life, like, it's hard to go back to a normal job. And, Joey, that's something that, like, you're still kind of in a normal job, but you're now, yeah, you said you would job. never go into it, esports. Yeah. Now you're into esports. How's your How's it, your experience been?
0: I mean, it, it feels the same as doing regular television stuff in the sense that it is nice like i feel like once i got into tv i was never gonna leave tv but this is close enough to the same stuff and my interest that like i'm fine but i think i would really struggle to get outside of like an internet based
2: job okay do you work normal hours are you a nine to fiver or do you have like a cool job
0: i'm I'm like an eleven to seven or so yeah
2: uh, so it's regular with, with That's health the,
0: insurance it's the health but, oh insurance, I like, see you. The <laughs> health insurance really gets you
2: like, I realize that it's the change of environment that I really like and with esports you go to these events it's like a week of your life you're getting paid this really nice day rate to put the rest of your life on hold you build this little castle you all work your asses off and then when it's over you burn that motherfucker down and never think <laughs> about it again And that restart cycle being a constant part of our workflow is very cool to me. I think that's part of what keeps me engaged. Like every event is a unique set of circumstances, teams, presentation, different talent. It was like a different challenge every time. I get fucking bored if I'm stuck in that same routine, the nine to five just schedule drives me crazy i, it, I go mental the after same six way
0: months with way uh, with tv shows really like i mean normally you're bouncing around between different shows and different projects so you can be like hey i'm gonna do a couple seasons of this and then just be like fuck never gotta think about that show again but uh, yeah unless you're there like you, you know i don't know making always sunny and then want to hate yourself after 12 years but
2: yeah well i mean how many seasons have they made 15 14 or something like that i think you earn it after i svu is still going i keep getting notifications (laughs) wait
1: svu is still
2: going on dude benson is still on the fucking show she i don't want to spoil anything but she's moving up in the ranks like you wouldn't believe dude
0: notifications for svu (laughs)
2: uh my hulu is maybe a little too liberal with what it tells me (laughs) hey do you like law and order
0: yes we got something new and exciting for you
2: I'm addicted to a, a couple of normie programs. I'm not going to lie. I really wanted to talk to Slacks about Tiger King. And as soon as I brought it up, he went, oh, normie shit. I can't, <laughs> I can't watch that crap, dude. Come on. Get out of here.
0: What else, is, what else is normie shit then? I just finished watching uh, Homeland had their season
1: finale la- their series finale last night. And I'm watching that for So the new uh, normie shit, reality TV shit, is uh, a show on Netflix called Too Hot to Handle. Have you heard about oh. this? No, I have not seen this. I haven't seen it either, but Blitz has, like, been trying to push it on to me. So, the premise is is that they all, it's like 10 people or something, they all go on an island, something like that. Uh, It's one of those just normal, like, oh, you know, hot guys, hot girls, they're all on an island together. What's going to happen? Except the thing is, is that they're all going to walk away with money at the end. It's like a certain subset amount of money, like 200000 and that money goes down. For every sexual thing that they do, whether it's whether it's full on having sex with each other, like obviously that's going to be a big cut or it's just going to be like something as simple as like kissing or something like that, a little bit too much on the touching. I don't know. I haven't Did seen I the show, but that's what points? it's been explained to me. Dude. I presume there are cameras everywhere. I don't know. Kind
2: of captivating. I'm not gonna lie. We got sucked into Love Island, the UK version, last night. My roommate put it on as a joke. We watched seven episodes of that shit. It's so bad, but it's edited in such a way with and especially without commercials, you don't have to wait. It's instant gratification. Yeah, I, I I think the accents do a lot for me, but listening to them argue and all the <laughs> fake manufactured drama—I don't know. I love Brian, but I also like Billy. They both seem so nice, but Billy's funny. It's like you've known him for two days. What is happening right now? It's like watching people play mafia that have never played Mafia before. It's infuriating.
0: It's. But TV I love like.
2: <laughs> i like to torture myself with it's just like judge judy another show that's still going it's so awful but i still want to watch it i still want to see what's going to happen i want to see her yell at the people that are kind of stupid
0: you know she's the most paid television performer on all of american television
2: i actually believe that she's been on forever she's had that prime time slot for actually a decade and a half maybe two Mm -hmm. that's impressive she's like the simpsons
0: Walking to a nursing home I guess not right now Don't do it But like In general If you walk walking to a nursing home Like it's wild Because everyone is watching Judge Judy all the time And I don't think about it Because it's just So far away from my demo That I'm like Oh yeah This is just like a popular show On daytime TV right No, It is the most popular thing It rates Hell better yeah, than dude. football Most nights
2: Jesus Christ Jesus. Now that's a reality check My god
0: <laughs> People are excited about esports And we should just be doing More uh, judge shows
2: I'm really getting into iRacing now, though. All this NASCAR drama Mm. has really sucked me in. You fellas been following this shit show?
1: Uh, I I saw some driver drop the N-word on a stream, and then he got fired. Yeah, Some dude rage quit on a stream because somebody
2: spun him out. He got real mad, and he (laughs) lost one of his sponsors because they don't sponsor quitters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I saw that one, too. Yeah, Is there any other drama besides those two?
2: I'm not sure. Uh, not that I'm aware of, but I'm sure there have been okay. little things. It's still interesting to see that it is the perfect port compared to virtually any other sport that you can imagine. You can actually emulate it vir- virtually pretty pretty goddamn well. It's cool that it's still somewhat interesting to watch in the lapse of real traditional sports on television.
1: I yeah, all these, all these sports stars are doing something like that, right? Uh, I know that um, Trevor May, he's a... Uh, a pitcher in baseball like he I see him doing stuff for uh, they're playing uh, what is it the game or something like that whatever that game's called uh, an MLB the show oh yeah show. oh okay the show that's what it is and <laughs> he's like play he's like playing that with the uh, with other like <laughs> professional baseball players and stuff it's uh it's pretty funny
2: I don't it's know. I don't know how those games would work. Like so do you know how NBA two K is different from the regular kind of sports games where you're not controlling the whole team, you're controlling one player on the team. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that was a change feet. they made recently, right? Like uh like I think a two so. or three years ago.
2: But are are the, <laughs> the physics really there for that to work? Is it fun? Are are you just the guy standing in the corner know. like they never pass me the ball, man? They never <laughs> like uh, wh- what are the shooting mechanics? Like, how do you have... A, like? Imagine Madden, but everybody's playing an individual character. I don't think it would work. Why would you ever want to play left tackle? What do you do? <laughs> ah, I'm pushing him. You know, like some job, some roles are just way more fun than others if you don't have to worry about the physical aspect of it.
1: What a great yeah! If you're that guy, you don't get the ball, but you're the person like setting up a screen, right? Yeah. Like there's still a, a certain amount of like getting in front of that guy. There's a little bit of physical action and stuff. But if you're the guy playing the guy that's setting up a <laughs> yeah. screen, that's got to be boring as shit.
2: So I don't know. It's, I just keep marveling at how weirdly fitted uh, r- competitive racing is to. Tr- you know, making this transition from real sport to digital sport. I've had digital sports.
0: so much of Twitter in the beginning of the pandemic because I, w- I apparently followed too much sports and I had all these complaining <laughs> like, ah, oh, it's all over. So I've been not keeping up with it as much as I probably should be. Cause I'm curious what those people are saying now that it's like a month and a half in, are they even more ragey or are they being pacified? at
1: no, all? No, no, now they're, now they're mostly happy about it. Cause it's something right. Yeah, It's not people replacing real crazy. sports. So,
2: they're happy for any distraction from the real world. That's, that's the yeah. point that we're at. You made the right call to shave your head cap. I am in desperate need of a haircut, and my hair cutter has been closed for the last two months, and I don't know what to do. I cannot cut my own hair, and I'm, I'm getting shaggy. I'm transitioning into full lesbian haircut, and people are starting Join to me. make fun of me in Twitch chat. Yeah, Join me, friend. I d- it's, <laughs> it's a good life.
1: It's a good life. I just reshaved it like two or three days ago. Feels great.
2: The, the crew cut, it's just drilled into you?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, I'm more used to this look than, than probably normal. But it feels fantastic, man. Just to have <laughs> a nice, clean scalp going on. Yeah, you're not Did, wrong. I feel
2: like sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and get that wrong angle, and I feel like I'm watching an episode of Seinfeld <laughs> where he's got that. I don't even know what that haircut's called. It's not a mullet, but it's just got that extra <laughs> yeah. shit in the back curling up. God, I hate it.
1: I, I was trying to convince, like, everybody at uh, BTS when we were doing ESL, Brian, BSJ, kept saying he was going to do it. Blitz said he really wanted to do it. Probably still hasn't done it. Cowards. <laughs> the lot of them.
2: <laughs> just
1: shave it off, man. It's, it's a big commitment. Just shave it off. I'm at
2: the my roommate word. went for the mohawk. I thought that was a smart play. This is, this is perfect <laughs> mohawk time. You know, no one's going to question it in quarantine. I had to cut my own hair, dude. Come on, cut me some slack. <laughs> you have have a lot of margin for error. Fucking genius.
1: I, I thought about it. it would like right before I put the, the razor down the first time I shaved it, I was like, maybe I should bring the mohawk back. <laughs> I was like, nah, I already did that once.
2: Could have gone reverse mohawk. I've always dreamt of that. <laughs> maybe the most awkward haircut you can do possibly.
0: Just shave the top so you have that old man look. The, <laughs> the intentional Ben the Franklin? <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay, yeah, you might have just one upped it, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm at the point where my roots are longer than the part of my hair that's colored,
2: which is just.
0: Uh, I know, I really I don't know how I can live anymore.
2: So, do you have to bleach first before you color, or do you just go for it?
0: Sometimes both. So, so sometimes <laughs> I'll do bleach first, sometimes I'll, I'll do color sands bleach.
2: I see. Is that because the bleach damages your hair, or sorry, I didn't mean to go down a rabbit hole here but no 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 no, no. hair is uh, kind of my thing so my my
0: know. sister is is a is a professional cosmetologist so over the uh, last couple of years when she was in school every week i just had a different thing with my hair she'd be like i need someone to do a thing with for a test so um, i see yeah but i'm also not seeing her or cutting my own hair i'm just uh this is this is like the longest it's ever been so i'm, I'm just kind of curious what it'll look like eventually give it a couple months it'll be like an experiment
2: i see at least you can grow a beard, though. I still can't, so.
0: Yeah, I'm dreading. I have, like a, like, a Skype call with my family for a birthday tomorrow, and they haven't seen it yet, and I'm not prepared for the amount of shit they're going to get me for growing it. <laughs> I'm going to be relentlessly bullied by my family all night tomorrow, and I'm just, I'm not about it.
1: Jerry, have you ever colored your hair? Because you've done dreads. Yeah. Oh, fucking yeah, dude. You know the answer to that question.
2: Middle school. Now, I don't know if this was like a New Jersey thing, but was it ever a look any time in your childhood where you just bleached the top? The frosted tips? No, not the tips. Just like the top kind of, you know, if you were to sort of slick it and flip it up, like just the top. Just the top. So the sides and the back are all normal. And then you got this blonde rectangle on the top of your head.
1: I went to a private Christian school. Uh, Uh, Nobody had. Nobody uh, had dyed hair.
2: We like half my So no, team. I
1: don't know. They just went straight. It
2: wasn't the tips. That was, that was too gay, dare I say. You know, you didn't <laughs> want to be uh, accused of any. This was the 90s, so things were still a little touchy. If
0: you're not a Backstreet you, Boy.
2: Yeah, exactly. That was too Timberlake. We were just a full, straight, blonde blotch. And there was one kid that <laughs> blonded his whole hair. And then after that, you know, we all did it. So I wanted to stand out more, so I turned my blonde blue. So I didn't go full head blue. I just had a blue square on the top. It was awesome. Uh, this was like seventh grade, whatever age you you are. And so it was at 12, 13, something, something like, like that. that. So the problem, though, is we had a pool and hair dye does not really interact well with chlorine. So the blue <laughs> lasted for like a week, two weeks, and it just slowly fades to like a shitty green and then this kind of greenish gray. And then it, it was just gray. I remember getting bullied on the bus with people being like, man, look, he all old man. He got that gray hair already. I didn't feel good about myself those days, Cap. Eighth <laughs> did, grade me getting bullied by kids on the bus because I fucked up dyeing my hair.
0: Did you weigh yourself pre and post dread cut? Like, like did the scale go down a couple pounds?
2: Ah, oh, I should have, but I didn't. I believe it or not, I didn't have scale at the BTS house. That was not. I'm, I don't weigh myself. I'm not one of those guys. What, what, what's wrong?
0: with I should have though.
2: Uh, is sorry.
0: It, <laughs> is there something wrong with those people? Because I mean, no,
2: don't. no, I just my weight doesn't really fluctuate. I've always been, uh, I didn't have a late growth spurt. I've always been pretty skinny. I've always been like one sixty plus or minus five pounds, either way, depending on how long the tapeworm is and how much I've been eating. So
0: the grass is always greener. <laughs> uh, I, I'm doing two days. I was about to say me
1: now. and Joey. Me and Joey gotta. <laughs> we could both put on the weight, so you know we actually have to worry about it.
2: I'm doing I've a- seen you eat, Cap. You know how to eat for sure. <laughs> yeah. You're a machine in the cafeteria. <laughs> Dude,
1: uh, my, uh, my girlfriend still, like, it still surprises her how quickly I can put down a meal. She's just like, you're done already? I'm like, yeah. Are you done with yours? I'm ready to eat some more. <laughs> <laughs> it's a military It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Hey, guys, just taking a quick break to plug all of our shit. Now, if you are listening to this podcast, you can follow us on YouTube. You can actually watch it, see all of our beautiful faces in person. If you are watching this on YouTube, it would certainly help if you followed us in any podcast fl- platform so you actually utilize uh, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify. Uh, I don't know what else that there is out there, but there's something. Just please follow us. It would be super helpful. And if you want to be really helpful or you want to win some free shit, you can also leave us an iTunes review. That is the best way to be able to support the podcast. If you can leave a review, preferably rating us five stars, but if you leave us a review and we choose your review, you can actually win a free Arcana of your choice. Leaf Eater will be handling all of that one. And we've got one uh, for this week. It is from uh, Tony Zesnipa. He says, The podcast. They are like the people that show up to work in sweat sandals and a polo compared to a suit. One person takes the job super seriously while the others get the same work done but may drink throughout the day. At the end of the day, you know who's more entertaining. Thank you, Tony, Tony's Sniper. Just be sure to hit up uh, Joey at Leaf Eater with an OR at the end, not an ER. Terrible branding decision, Joey. Just awful. God-awful. Uh, hit him up and he will hook you up with your arcana. Don't contact me. I'm not in charge of any of that shit. I leave it all up to Joey, just like the production. The only thing I have to do is this promo here and the podcast that you're going to go back into. Thanks.
2: I always think of that movie, She's All That, when I see you in the cafeteria, especially breakfast time when I just see like five donuts on your plate. You know that scene where these the kid puts the pubes on the pizza and says, Hoover it. And he makes the kid eat the pizza real fast. I always say that in my head when I'm watching you eat. Hoover at Cap. These are the <laughs> conversations uh... I have with myself when I'm sitting there quietly in the corner, just <laughs> mysteriously staring at everyone else. yeah' it's like, eat What's it? he thinking? He's thinking of chick place from the '90s.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> just walked back past Andrew's table. He just said, "Yeah, eat it.
2: Eat." <laughs> I had a, a moment like that at Slax's wedding, where they played that song where I forget which. Uh, kiss me or whatever right as she comes down the stairs it's the iconic Mm -hmm. scene from she's all that and we're all standing there at the rehearsal and cheese comes down and she's like how did it look and i was like fucking awesome i love she's all that and everyone just stopped and turned around and went she's all that what the fuck are you talking about and then she's went, he's the only one that gets it i love that movie that's what i was going for and i just had this super self-conscious like (laughs) man i
1: just outed myself that's embarrassing (laughs) joey have you ever seen she's all that no, no, I haven't. Okay, but me I mean, neither. Uh, Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr., are you kidding me? On, I'm sorry, guys. sorry, I'm Man. sorry. Oh, Freddie God. Prince Jr. I I not, I'm not again. opposed to chick flicks, but I just haven't seen that one. It's a, it's a, it's a classic. I, t- Fair I enough. try
0: and I try and not watch many movies. T- TV is much more my thing.
2: Mm, okay, well, my so, bad. Yeah, it, it,
0: it, it's a self-selecting uh, conundrum that I
2: have. I didn't where, mean like, to alienate you guys on your own podcast. That one's on me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh no, uh, man, it's usually Yeah, it's
1: usually right. our deal To go on to other people's podcasts And alienate them from their audience But Well, that's true Here's
2: a little factoid for you 90s mm-hmm. flick time You know Johnny Tsunami? Either of you Disney fellas? Yes A lot, really N- oh, Jesus
0: I, I mean, God. I'm Cap, yes and
2: Yes <laughs> Dude, practice. Johnny Tsunami No, but right? <laughs> Disney Channel star No longer an actor He lives in Boulder, Colorado Not that far away from me and uh, now he's, what do you call the person that marries people? He's one of them. Pastor? Uh, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, uh, There's uh, a word for uh, that, though. Maverick, but
1: it's some hipster. Uh, he officiates uh, the wedding.
2: Yes, Aficionate? he's an aficionado of weddings. So Johnny Tsunami hung up his hat, and now he makes dreams come true. You can get married by Johnny Tsunami <laughs> if you just come to Colorado. One of the many things we have here in
1: the Mountain State. (laughs) Weed and Johnny Tsunami. (laughs) What a combo.
0: The IMDb page has to be wrong for this movie because it shows Johnny Tsunami as like a 70-year-old man now.
2: Uh, no, that's his grandfather. Character also named Johnny <laughs> oh, Tsunami in the movie <laughs> is Johnny Tsunami Junior. That's the whole thing. They're passing the torch down multiple generations of surfers. But the dad in the middle between the son and the grandfather oh, is a computer wait. programmer. So I'm... there's a lot of tension there.
1: <laughs> so this is him. This is he has some sort of competition against these white skiers, right?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. The, the I think I have seen some of this. bully the young Hawaiian. When he uh-huh. hops on the mountain because uh, he's an urchin because he snowboards and they're the skies because they ski.
0: I never was like part of the console wars. I was never like, ah, oh, Sony, fuck you, you Xbox. But I feel like I was a kid who was like very anti-Disney but pro-Nickelodeon and or Cartoon Network for no uh, reason that was important or significant that I can even think
2: of. I liked all three. I was a big fan.
0: I, I did got not Disney have Plus television.
2: Recently. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know if that's for better or for worse, dude. I've never had cable. I think I wasted way too much brain power on shows that objectively don't matter. You ever heard of Seventh Heaven? Do you know how many seasons of Seventh Heaven (laughs) I've watched? And when I say watched, I mean fucking took notes after school. I was watching that shit on ABC Family, memorizing the characters, the actors' names. I still know, like, half of the the plot of that show, and I don't know why. It's terrible. It's about a religious family that has too many kids because they don't believe in birth control. That's got nothing to do with me or my life. Are you more of an Annie or a Lucy? Definitely a Lucy. I had the thing for Lucy the entire time, until she decided to follow in Reverend Camden's footsteps and also become a reverend. I I wasn't a big fan of that, but c'est la
1: vie, I guess.
0: I spent so much time watching TV, Cap. What did did you do?
1: Yeah, seriously. Um, Did Did you read? Yeah, I read a lot and I had uh I did have a television, but we never had cable. So we would rent movies sometimes. Uh at some point in time we started renting TV series later on. Uh and then I don't know, but the last time I had cable like in my house, I was watching Blue's Clues. Wow. <laughs> I have a vivid memory of like this green uh, reclining chair and like taking my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and going and sitting down and watching blues clues.
0: My dad refused so, to pay for cable so instead he would uh, pirate satellite internet and or satellite <laughs> television for like most of the 90s which is did. the best thing ever except um, you couldn't put a like you couldn't put a password on all the pornographic channels it just came with. So there nice. was just one too many moments of like five-year-old me being like what's going on here and my mom being like holy fuck stop watching that
2: dude um, i know those vibes when i was in high school the first time i ever watched pornography it was because there was the one kid whose parents just said we want everything and didn't even look at what everything included and they had all the porn channels and i don't think his parents even knew that they had them so we would go to his house after school and watch real sex and think that we were really cool you know the hbo show real sex for the layman's out there one of the better pornographic shows out that's ever been produced
1: all right uh (laughs) i will share my coming of age story with pornography which was uh not porn but it was um i i read my porn (laughs) oh magazines or books (laughs) no not even books
0: so, like, the kind of they write for, like, old...
1: No, not women. graphic novels. Just straight up, like, the adult novels that, uh, you know, like, maybe... Uh... <laughs> 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 Let's just say they weren't mine, but I found them, and I read them. And then, obviously, some of my fantasy novels would occasionally have some sort of mm. uh, of sex going on. But one of the the... the so, do you either guys read Robin Hobb? No. Okay. I don't then, think so. Okay, so the this was what a fantasy author, author that I was really into, and when I was you know thirteen, and the real confusing part for me was that the novel that I was reading, the uh, the main character gets raped in it. And that just fucking threw me for a loop. That was like one of my first like sexual like encounters in reading, and I was just like, I didn't know how to react. I I just like I read through it and I stopped and I just stopped reading. And I think I never went back to that book for like a year or something. I just didn't know what the fuck to do. Can we circle back
0: around to your mom? To you reading your mom's um, adult fiction? (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is why I'm a big fan of the using your imagination <laughs> because I did not watch my porno I read it I had to use my brain to come up with the sexual imagery
0: you sound like someone who has an AARP card you're like back, back in my day we didn't have the
1: back in my day I had to put two round stones next to each other and they form yeah. boobies
2: it's weird when you uncover a piece of media that you're just legitimately not ready for that that happened to me with the uh, the rape scene in the sopranos and whatever it is season three or season four with the therapist. I was way too when, however old I was when that came out, I saw it and was just like, what the fuck i, I added that same exact reaction just okay, I think I'm done with this whatever this sopranos is I, i'm I'm out." It was, I also did you had ever go with,
1: back and finish Sopranos?
2: I did, uh, as an adult. Yes, it's very. Yeah, but, but but you you stopped <laughs> but, at that point in time, I, right? When I you were the kid, a, you were like, nope. A long break. I lost all interest. I also in in college, uh, Requiem for a Dream. That ending scene. I don't necessarily want to spoil it, but that. Jeez, oh, man, the uh, no. the double dildo scene is was that was a little much for me. I had never really thought about using those objects in that way for that reason before and I just connected all the dots and I was out of it for two whole days dude it was too much some things can't be unseen we had a, a week in middle
0: school where they shut down the computer lab because in the middle of a, uh, a, a, a in a typing class we uh someone was watching what was essentially an isis video too, and oh, uh, that oh, they had to bring in therapists for the entire class what um, yeah yeah the, apparently like all of the like the the vpn wasn't properly set up so people were just like oh hey do you know that you can like get on whatever website you want q q so, like, live leak
2: were they actually trying to watch stuff or was it one of those that sort of happened in my school once but it was kind of an accident like somebody was sort of fucking around clicked on a link and then went oh no, oh my god and then the whole school overreacted but the kid wasn't really watching like propaganda videos. They they, they gag his headphones off and go, "What the fuck <laughs> are you looking at? Like how how deep are we going here? That's mm-hmm. fucked up, man."
0: No, no, the, the kid was definitely showing other people.
2: So oh, he was like dude, exposing other people oh, to no.
0: to lively stuff.
2: Where did you go to school?
0: Just just in Los Compton? Angeles.
2: <laughs> okay, all right. There you go. LA baby. Now I get it. Hardened criminals <laughs> at a young age out there.
0: Yeah, it's disgusting. That that poor poor class. I'll, I'll the other thing about that class that was fucked up was uh, I've never seen someone with worse arthritis than than the typing teacher who had oh, like no. like she it looked like she had three hands on top of each other with the <laughs> amount of bulbous that her knuckles were, and I don't have many memories of middle school. Um, I remember like we played DDR in gym one time that was really fun and and, and the whole. ISIS video thing, but also I can never get this memory of this lady's arthritis out of my head. It's just permanently stuck with me.
2: My typing teacher busted her pants once in eighth grade. She sat down and just made this surprised expression. I think I just busted my pants. And then she covered her <laughs> what, ass and waddled that? out of the classroom. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, maybe I shouldn't do voices, but yeah, that's, that was exactly <laughs> what she said. Just covered her mouth, surprised. We're all like, what? What happened? She goes, I just busted my pants. And then she walked over to the home ec room, and the home ec teacher sewed her pants back together. Oh, I thought you meant shit. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I thought you meant something else as well.
2: No, no, she just straight up split her pants. But what did, what does busted my pants mean? To,
1: oh, I thought yeah. she shit herself. No. And then I was like, damn, someone just said that? I just shit myself. Cap well, thinks it's
0: uh, weird. Uh Kat- I, I'm convinced that at one point in time, everybody has shit themselves in public,
2: and Cap Ooh. thinks that that's just not true. In public? I have definitely sharted in my own house more than once, but shat myself in public. I'm struggling. I mean, i very young. Are you assuming, like, out of diaper age? Is There's got to be a qualifier I, I, I'm assuming
0: here. somewhere between, like, the age of five and dead. Everyone has, has shit themselves in public.
2: I don't know. I've had a lot of really close calls. I've ran into a lot of bathrooms holding my asshole together, but I've never, I don't think I've ever actually had like an accident. Like, guys, I just got to go home now because I got to change. I can't sit down.
1: Yeah, like I've straight up shit in the woods, but you know, I made it to the woods. Right. Shit my pants. Yeah. I've, like, soccer practice, you
0: know? I'm just going to keep on asking people until someone shares my side (laughs) of the story, okay?
1: The last time you asked this was uh, Charlie. And and uh, Charlie, <laughs> I mean, I can't really see it happening anyway. Composed, Charlie Yang shitting himself. Uh, I don't think I think he would shoot or die than let hey, that happen. Hey
0: man, it happens to the best people. Some I mean, you can't you can't control everything all the time.
2: And does a shark count, or do you mean a full on? I think I, I, I think
0: I think a shark counts.
2: Okay, all right, because that, that's how I would see it for most people. That's that can happen to anybody, you know. You okay, don't so has that happened to you more? in public? I don't I don't think so. I'm try maybe, but I don't recall a time. If it was, it wasn't it was like, you know, not a, a major time. Have you ever had a moment casting where you've had to have you ever had to actually take off the headset in a live broadcast and run it almost happened to me at bts once and i remember afterwards ld was like what is wrong with you I was like i think my stomach's gonna explode he said just go i don't want you rupturing a fucking bowel because you're trying to impress some internet nerds i can cover for five minutes if it's an emergency don't worry just take off the headset he like scolded me he's like give me the look i will know and i will carry and vice versa if i ever give you the look be ready so after that i felt a lot more confident
1: but I, I have had to that... cover for the look. Okay, Blitz. Blitz has done it a couple of times. Um, <laughs> nobody notices though because half the time Blitz has fallen asleep in a broadcast. Zone. Yeah, <laughs> five minutes of silence from him is not that up, out of the normal. The closest.
2: I remember I was at a Dreamhack once and I got to the bathroom and there were a lot of people in there and I had like a jacket on and everything and I basically just put my hand up and said, Everyone, I'm a caster. I need to poop really, really badly. Please let me in the front of the line because I have to go back to the game. And all the sweet, it was like Moses parting the sea, dude. They just got the fuck out of the way and I got into that toilet. That's one thing I love about Scandinavia. When you call emergency, they fucking react. You know? that,
0: that wouldn't happen in Atlanta or no. in the other <laughs> U.S. city. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, go, go shit outside.
2: But that was the closest I, I've ever made. I think I said to myself, if I don't get to the front of this line, I am going to shit myself. Then we've got a real problem here. I had a that problem. might have been the Heroes of New Earth dream hack. That might have been the
1: dream hack that Brakey was at with me. That was, that was a fun one. So you've casted three different games now, like uh, like full time, basically. Like StarCraft, yeah, StarCraft, I, mean, Starcraft, I was pretty.
2: If if you were to rank like Dota casters, I was a tier three StarCraft caster. So okay. you know, very hobbyist, and I only did it for about a year. Um, and then S- StarCraft was tough back in the day. It felt a little bit like an old boys club and that was still when i was super awkward like imagine the same level of awkwardness with no confidence so i'm just standing there like a telephone pole next to people creeping into conversations like hey guys yeah i ran a tournament and then that's it there's no follow up no contest. <laughs> You're like who is this fucking weird guy why is he here creeping on who is why is he drinking our beers so i don't know, I, I didn't fit in and then here is new earth came out and i slowly got into that and that just took off very quickly so yeah, hobbyist StarCraft casting,
1: but uh I guess that counts. And then you've casted some PUBG, right? I remember True. you guys did some PUBG.
2: We did. I yes. Um I was maybe producing a little more than casting, but yeah, we did like 3 PUBG events. Uh and we were, yeah, I don't know how many people know this, but MoonDuck really seriously thought about getting into Overwatch when that game came out and everybody mm-hmm. was playing it. We were on the hype train, and then after, whatever, 200 hours and the reality set in, we had a serious sit down, and nobody wanted to cast it. All of us were like, ah, I'm fucking tired of that <laughs> game. Like We tried to role play what it would be like to cast Overwatch, and we just couldn't do it. None of us could see ourselves doing it. None of us could see ourselves like towing the line, so to speak, and being full-time OWL. So the prospects weren't there, so we just said, yeah fuck it. I guess we'll just wait until Artifact comes out.
1: I mean, yeah, that's pretty funny because I, I have the same story. Really? Where, Yeah. Like, uh, as in, uh, like, I got a soft offer to, like, join Overwatch League, and I I sat down and I played it, and then I walked away from it going, like, I can't cast this.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, everything has its number, right? For the right amount of money, it's mm-hmm. there's certain things that could fall into line, but... We just had this moment of reckoning, like, if none of us want to do this, then why are we doing this? Let's just not do it and spend our time doing shit we actually enjoy because then it'll actually be fun and some of that will translate on camera. Do you ever regret that, though? Because there is a degree of job security in OWL. You get signed on for the whole season. I'm sure it's an amazing payday and I bet the workload is easier and more regular than what we experience at Dota events. I mean, ESL, dude, you guys did some fucking shifts. I'm sure I don't need to tell you. I mean, I, just as a third-party observer, some of them like, Jesus Christ, how long have they been broadcasted for? Some of those three-man panels where Grant's just screaming in the corner by himself, and you and BSJ are nodding off like it's a party in South Jersey. Like, uh,
1: I, I, uh, The only time I ever regret it is when I think about the combination of showing that as a commentator, I can do another game because I've never done that. And then the combination of like the mainstream, like the broad appeal that came with Overwatch League, even though they had much less viewers than like, because the show was built around the talent rather than being built around the players, like the talent were naturally elevated a bit more. In which case it felt like there was more people watching what you were doing and knew who you were. um, Where Dota 2 is like very secluded when it comes mm-hmm. to eSports as a whole, most we don't have like a whole lot of cross appeal with other eSports. It's mostly just CSGO. <laughs> They're yeah. the only guys who will throw us some some love every once in a while.
2: Dude, it's crazy. I, like It used to be eSports, and then you had all these games. And now it feels like eSports are over here, and Dota is objectively a Tier 1 eSport, but it's in its own little bubble. And if you're in it, you're in it. And people are really loyal and see you as a Dota guy. And if you're not, we're all just kind of like, who's this fucking non-DOTA guy coming into our or we're a little defensive and there's just less talent crossover in general. So it's this like, hey, this Richard Campbell guy's coming in, and then he kind of comes into our team and he's part of the family. Okay, and now he's in. But that's very intimidating for outsiders. Every time I talk to non-esports folks or talk about jobs that are generalist esports, they all kind of go, Oh, you do Dota. Oh, yeah, that's a tough nut to crack, huh? We don't really know how to... We've thought about it, but we don't even know how to get teams interested. Nobody responds to our emails. Like <laughs> We are really in our own bubble. And I, I go back and forth on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, because it makes us very unique, and we have a lot of super loyal, dedicated fans that keep our game alive. But the crossover the lack of crossover i guess you should say is a little a little scary you talk to anybody in the university world they don't even know what dota is dude Mm. it's all league overwatch hearthstone rocket league
1: it's Mm -hmm. a little sad. so that actually leads i was going to ask you this because of um the old boys club you're talking about for starcraft Mm uh and then now i feel like it's kind of coming up again as a representative for Basically like uh, you've been a representative for tier two talent to in order to get them hired, right? That's kind of what Duck was was mm-hmm. coming together and helping people get those like how do you view? The the talent scene of Dota because you know, I, I can say that like oh I feel like it's a family and stuff like that, but like I'm also the one who Like yeah. act like I, I get the I get the gigs and like while I try and help out people. I don't know how How much it actually like how, how do you view that?
2: Yeah it's it's hard to cuz you're right part of it is a family and part of it is a competition where there's only so many gigs and there aren't enough gigs for all of us to do this as much as we'd like so it's And it is a bit of an old boys
1: club, right? Like, yeah, like it because with the same people do get hired. I'm like yeah. I'm fortunate enough to be one of those people. So it's hard for like I try and say like oh no it's fairly open but like how could I possibly say that when like, I keep on getting on hired.
0: Tower, or something? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Like it <laughs> I don't know. It is and it isn't. I think
2: Dota is mostly a meritocracy, though. I always look at Owen, and I think like he's somebody who's so talented, he would have made it at some point regardless, as long as he didn't give up. But he got noticed very quickly because of his ability to entertain and just perfectly fit this role. And when Owen first started getting popular, he wasn't particularly good at Dota. Playing pubs with Owen was a sufferable experience. <laughs> But he sat down and learned the game and has really improved, and now he can sit on analyst panels and keep up with the conversation and contribute to it. He's just this well-rounded, amazing caster. And so like, why did he have a meteoric rise? Was it because of some privilege, some connection? I think it's just because he was really fucking good, and everybody noticed it pretty quickly. So I, I do think if you're really good, there are still ways to stand out and, and move up, but it's, it's always getting
1: harder. Um, I don't know. Like Rich Campbell's, a like a really good host too, right? Yeah, and, then like, and that's the thing. He, he seeing, showed up and got welcomed to. So you've got
2: crossover from other games. Hosting gigs are pretty tough. You've got pro players retire, like Kyle, perfect example. Fogged pro players with that experience, they're always going to be better than somebody who's an ant. like Trent for example. Trent's very good, but you don't have that pro experience. Your your job is always at risk as more pros start to retire. What does that leave? Okay, play by play commentary. It's a fairly limited role. It's kind of hard to stand out. Uh, I I don't I don't have great advice for like tier two, tier three talent that are really clinging onto the dream in Dota unless you really want to grind online games. It's it's tough. There's just not a lot of opportunities out there. I'm curious if what you guys think about Dota being an aging eSport. It feels like compared to the average eSport, we have an older demographic and we're seeing more less players, more viewers. Right? TI and the majors are getting better numbers, but dota's player but quarantine aside the player base hasn't really been growing is that a good thing a bad thing or just a thing and it it is what it is just the reality of our game being around for a long time
0: i think it's eventually a bad thing but no one really knows where it tips into something that where it goes from like being fine to being catastrophic it's like one Mm -hmm. day all of a sudden it's like wait a second no one knew has played dota for eight months and we've had Twenty thousand people leave and then eventually we're just you know bleeding people until the end of time and then it dies right i I, I don't know when like that point of inflection is but i think there's a reason why most people will like be scared of it
1: yeah i think that um for me it's from a talent perspective i always compare it to starcraft 2 where it's like um basically my future is starcraft 2 like I, I basically i can see 5 years in the future just by loading up a starcraft 2 stream you know <laughs> and seeing like what their esports numbers look like and like what their talent like how many talent are getting hired for events like how many people are getting secured jobs basically yeah. and if they're still getting it well shit dota's still going to get it 5 years down the line you know Yeah. Um, so people for me that are it's in like we'll be yeah. pretty safe yeah, but in I terms think,
2: of how do we get, like, can a Tier 2 person make the jump into Tier 1? It's pretty fucking hard. And if jobs are decreasing over time, it makes sense that folks are generally going to hire those with more experience. If you're coming in now, you're competing against people that have five years of solid full-time Dota talent experience. That's a lot it, to catch up, you know, and I don't know what the mechanism is that allows you to actually close that gap. <laughs>
1: yeah it's just like um the these established people uh, they have brands they have fans and they grew them they worked hard to grow them so they're always going to have an advantage over you as long as they don't do anything that like drops like as long as they don't drop off like uh Lumi is a great example of like somebody who like eventually dropped off because he didn't whatever like he didn't keep up with the game as much he didn't keep he didn't cast as much whatever it was um you know and like people just developed a Irrational hatred of him um, At some point in time like there, like there was some There was like some criticism to be lobbied Toward, toward Lumi um, But like they, it got Way way out of control um, So as long as the established tier 1 Talent like as long as they don't Screw up As long as they don't Like Sadicus levels to screw up Or like as long as they don't um, Like rest too much on the laurels Like that's that's what I always think of. Like as long as I work hard and keep like trying to get better at my job, then then my spot is secure. Like no one can really take it from me.
2: Yeah, I I would agree with that assessment. I think there's two things that I commonly see either misrepresented or misunderstood. One is underestimating the value of just getting better at the game. There's so many play by play casters that I have encountered over the years that think think of it sort of like an ends of a mean means to an end to get popular. And you have to think about it as the popularity will come as you get better. And you only get better by doing that painful process of reviewing your own content, listening to your own casting, hearing for yourself where you're, you know, using fill words or f- stepping over yourself or not listening to your co-caster. When I started at BTS, I would use the rebroadcast. We would do early morning like European shift and it would end. The rebroadcast would start and then I'd sit there and edit VODs and do whatever other boring work I had to do while listening to the rebroadcast so that I could chat with the people in Twitch chat and sort of get some honest feel- feedback in real time when the chat's moving slower, and I'm forced to sit there and listen to myself. It wasn't fun, but the process of doing that made me a much better caster, and same goes for just getting better at the game. That whole excuse of, well, I'm play-by-play. That's why I have an analyst. It's like, yeah, but you can ask way better questions and have a much more engaging conversation if you understand what the fuck is going on right now, instead of saying, like, what do you think Sharks, shark's going to do with the Shadow Blade? Gee, I wonder, he's gonna farm with it. No, he's gonna fucking kill people, dog, it's a Shadow Blade. Think about it. You know, How come this Abaddon doesn't have any mana? Well, because he bought a mech and he bought phase boots. Think about what's happening here. He's got no mana regen and a thing that takes a lot of mana. Playing the game helps you get over some of that shit. Not that I'm that good, but still just sitting down and thinking about, okay, why did we lose? Let's look at this replay and how did my farm feel? Getting a feel for all those sort of things give you so many more tools when you're trying to describe what's happening in the game. And I don't know, you, you got to do something to fill your time in between events. And I wish more up and coming casters would spend that time just practicing Dota.
1: Yeah, I think that's you uh, the, the, I like the fact they use the word feel because that is a very common word for pro players. And people always like, uh, people sometimes ask about that like, why did they use feel? Like, why don't they, they just do the math, etc. Cetera, etc.? Cetera. It's like, well, there's too many variables in Dota that you can't possibly keep up with them all, because there are so many variables and it is so complex, what you're mostly operating off of is feel. Like, yeah, sure, sometimes you do the the, the numbers on like, you know, minus armor versus, you know, damage reduction, like Crimson Guard or something like that, but like, most of the time, it's just feel. It's, you can't really, yeah. you can't really break down the game uh, that complex any other way. And
2: Dota is one of these these great games, and that's why we all keep coming back, is because the more you learn about it, the more you realize how much more you have to learn. You think, like, okay, I I know all the heroes, all their spells, and all the items. That's like a big milestone. And you feel like you're on top of the world because you know Venge is coming at you, and he's about to drop a magic missile, and you can anticipate it. And then you play a little more, and you're stuck at 2200 MMR or whatever, and you start to realize, okay... So my movement patterns really make a big difference here. Okay, there's a whole another layer of efficiency about how I move around the map. You start to understand the opportunity cost of a failed gank compared to just sitting in your lane and farming. All these things that you took for granted. And then you make that next jump in MMR and you go, oh, wow, they're actually coordinating their spells. Holy shit, this is next. They're, you know, they're, work, they're drafting, and that's a whole other layer to the onion. And as you keep going up the ladder, you get a greater appreciation for how deep the game is you know like I don't two g- years I- in had a conversation with ake and loda who are explaining these mechanics to me it's just like oh wow that matters that that first creep really matters that much oh okay and you hear it from their perspective and it just opens up that can of worms like holy shit they see the game in a total it's like neo looking at the matrix through the numbers and my dumb ass just staring at the screen like he killed him. He's dead. Look at that.
1: <laughs> I don't want to get too deep in the whole like sniffing our own <laughs> our own farts uh dota elitism, but that that is exactly why it's like you take a bunch of dota casters and they grind Overwatch and then they look at that game and be like, "Can I make the shift?" It's so hard to to yeah. go from Dota to any other game because it's just like nothing really holds the same So what about kind of
2: Valorant? Interest. Any thoughts about casting Valorant there?
1: oh God no uh, I mean yeah. I'm, I'm watching the game I'm watching a good amount of um, of streams and stuff uh, I Still don't really have a key ton key of interest out. in playing no I don't even have I don't even have a riot account okay. I don't even have it linked I'm watching it just purely for watching it that's how you know like my intentions are like entirely pure and that I'm not interested in slightly in a business <laughs> aspect uh, I liked watching overwatch first person as well like first-person streams and stuff uh, Mm-hmm. So it feels kind of similar for, for for Valorant, but so, is for that just me, because you I don't, don't
2: want to cast FPS, or what,
1: what's the the uh reaction? Is it is it the spyware? What's the uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, there there are a lot of different issues with it. Um, it just doesn't immediately hook me. Um, I, I look at it to a point of if I was that interested in something like that, then I would just go to CS:GO. Um, because I feel like it is a little bit. Um, despite like them having all these different abilities and stuff, like it's a, it's, it's like a false level of complexity to it. If that makes sense, where uh, when I watch CSGO, I actually feel like I'm, I'm watching some like some level of art that I don't understand, but I can only grasp a little of it, you know, because I'm, I don't really know the game, but, uh, for Valorant, I don't get that yet. I, maybe it'll develop into that, but uh, it doesn't really reach it for me. What about you guys? Are you guys interested in getting into Valorant? Riot's any any moonwalkers looking at it?
0: Riot's gonna have their pick of the. League. Oh yeah, right, right, Every, right. Everyone's gonna be like, I, I want to do this job that's full time. That's just like LCS for a new game that's just coming out. Like, I don't ah, know, Joey. People who are at that
1: they trust. said, but Joey, Riot specifically said that they are going to open the field up to third-party organizers. Yeah. Ziori, doesn't that sound great? You guys can host a Valorant uh, tournaments. Yeah, so I'm old enough to remember
2: League of Legends back in its heyday as it was yeah, growing yeah. in tandem with Dota when they were both side-by-side side at MLG in like 2013 or 2012, whatever it was. And I remember a little uh, organization called IGN before they got bought out by Ziff Davis, mm-hmm. and they did this awesome series called IPL, and it oh, was sort Vegas. of like with W. Atlantic City that was where it started and they had an amazing one I think they were set to break even on IPL 7 it was either IPL 5 or IPL 7 and I'm pretty sure it was 7 and what from the time of was it IPL 3 or four. That was right when LCS dropped. So they had this amazing tournament lined up with all these tier one teams, and Riot said, ah, we signed these contracts. Now we own all these teams. We're saving the tier one for our show. You guys can use anyone who's not in tier one. And IPL said, oh, great. So we're going to have the top 40 team versus the top 50 team in North America playing a show match in Atlantic City. A disaster. They lost so much money on that shit because they had this long-term strategy, and Riot just swept it out from under them. The only difference here was that Riot has at least said that they're going to open it up to third parties. Back then, they were all just... It was Wild West shit. Sure. You know, sure. IPL assumed a lot of risk and didn't really think about the possibilities. But you think the same thing's going to happen again? Is that... That's what most people have uh, told yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: It's going to be Riot owned by 2022.
1: Yeah. At the latest. As soon as the eSports scene develops to a point where they're like, all right, great. We can have a great product. Then they will definitely take that.
3: Yeah. But some because in, in a
1: way in a way why wouldn't you right yeah it's like uh it same goes with like uh like valve like just to get away from riot like valve for for perspective like oh 25 of the battle pass goes to ti well what if we take another 10 percent or 15 percent and put it towards the the rest of the DPC? like well what company's gonna do that what company's yeah. gonna hamper their own, their own profit margin uh well, so, so do you i don't really riot- blame riot
2: Would Riot hire us? That's what I always go back to. Like, Don't you think that if I applied for a job at Riot to be a full-time commentator for Valorant, they would run their little robot that scans every word I've said on the internet and find all the highlights of every podcast I've done where we've said, fuck Riot, very loudly and obnoxiously (laughs) into multiple microphones and laughed hysterically at their expense every time something goes wrong. There's been a lot
1: of them. I um, I, I think they would definitely jump at the chance to be able to take Like, oh, okay, let's just say OD Pixel. Super easy, right? Mm -hmm. They would instantly snap up up in a heartbeat because then at that point in time, they're taking something away from a competitor. And it also goes to show the prestige of their, that other casters want to do it, right? That's like Overwatch League. The same thing they did there was grab a bunch of good talent from other, other pools, yep. pull them into this one game, and it drives a lot more interest into By it. By
2: us, I meant Moonduckers, the the shit joke studio. The guys that did an official valve miner and then yeah. filled for an hour and a half making fun of the audience. I, I don't see why not. Okay.
0: I, don't know. I think they would i think so i think they're going to spend the next 18 months basically auditioning everyone to be like mm. who is competent enough to do anything that's remarkably successful because they're going to have to hire out a full another team at riot the lcs team is fucking giant they're going to have basically a second yeah, one true. of those for everyone for valorant right so they're going to hire what like at least 50 people plus I just, talent
2: when i look at all these other esports i think one thing that puts dota and counter-strike in this unique sort of bubble is valve is so hands-off that we really don't have to deal with much censorship online broadcasting already has no fcc so we're like wild west we can kind of get away with anything and blizzard riot activision ea they've all kind of stepped up and said all right we're gonna raise the bar pc our broadcast is pc and they're very serious about that shit to the point that i I just I don't know if it's a conflict with the brand that we've built because a lot of Moon Duck thrives in that lack of PC environment. Our motto has always been, guys, use your judgment, but generally speaking, fucking go for it. If you think it's gonna get a laugh, cross the line and we'll always dial it back and apologize. But don't don't muddy your own waters by having that dialogue in your head of like, oh, I don't know, is this if it's funny, just fucking go for it. And we'll deal with it later. We've always been on that side of the fence, and you can't do that in most of these other esports, so you'll get fucking fired pretty pretty quick. The yeah, they consider. straight up totally
1: said that we can drop fuck bombs, you know, like no no big yeah. deal. Uh,
0: is Valve the only company not owned by Tencent that we just talked about too? Like sure. Yeah, surely I that, think that, Bl- that has to trickle up to to investors,
2: right? Blizzard is still a minority Tencent. I think only I think less than twenty percent of Blizzard Activision is owned by Tencent. But, but Activision, Activision is yeah.
0: just as evil as all of China combined, right?
2: Uh, well maybe I don't know Uh, (laughs) (laughs) probably not great yeah